You're listening to BAU, Business as Unusual, the podcast that is shifting the way we think, interact and transact. We're, we're on, I reckon. All right, we're on. Good evening, Patrick. How are you? Good evening, Joe. I'm very well, thank you. Um, I am calling in from down in Walkerville, which is yeah, nearly as south as you can get on mainland Australia. True, you're nearly in Tasmania. Yeah, you're nearly in Tassie. Yeah, a Sharon's kick away. It's true. It's true. Yeah, yeah. That's the clarity. Um, that's not a not a Patrick cool. Dangerfield kick. Um, yeah, because he wouldn't be able to breathe. But other, other than that, it's a, any any other player definitely going to be able to clear it across the uh, clear it across the Bass Strait, the right wind. Oh. Yeah, gee, the cats. They're definitely. Missing a bit of synergy, I think. Um, something's going on there, but that's that's a whole other podcast, I reckon. But yeah, I, I appreciate the kick in the ribs, but I won't even talk about the Hawthorne. <laughs> the press is doing enough for that. So it's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. Oh, yeah. We just we just focus on the fun on field at the moment. Definitely not the stuff going going off field. Um, and how how's it all going? So we were kind of chatting last time about the wonderful world that we're kind of we're entering into with that. With AI, and I guess it's been a big week in Australia with kind of Sam Altman here actually over over the week. So kind of um, doing an event in Canberra as well as one in Melbourne, actually kind of talking talking about this, and I think being quite open about kind of the need to think this through before we kind of go more and more down the rabbit hole of kind of what this actually um, what this actually could could be for society. So you know, it's it's um, it's interesting some. What that's actually about, I'm not really sure, but, you know, actually kind of calling for a little bit more that, you know, whether it's about passing the buck to government or whether it's about doing something um, to kind of, I guess, think through what the possible ramifications of this are before we kind of go, you know, go much further. Um, I thought even that culturally, I think, is a is a different spin coming out of the kind of uh, break things and kind of move fast mentality that you often see out of Silicon Valley. I had a cynical thought on it. I was like, is it just assuring up um, the value, the proposed value that uh, OpenAI is, is saying it has and then can just get governments here to be like, hey, we're going we're gonna to build the rails together. Let's just make sure no innovation gets into this space. <laughs> yeah, because, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, having, we're having trouble with version 5.0. 4.5 is working well, but 5.0 is just not doing what we want it to do. So let's, let's tell them to press pause and so then we can take our, take our meal. Going to kill men, so let's, no one wants it. So let's press pause. But, yeah, that's the cynic in me. But, yeah, it's definitely got a different flavour doing the big leg work I, I do go like what is the business spin on that like I think that the ethics is, is there but when it's so big and it's got Microsoft involved like I definitely get the cynic on me going like this what's the business angle on that and that's the business angle for me that they're just like shoring up that uh that it is the product to be used not only now which is like it's undeniably huge in terms of where their products have landed and how many people have touched it but then the argument is it's maybe the launching pad for like a huge wave of innovation and it's like it could jump that and it could just be nothing in the future but anyway uh, it's definitely changed the flavor but one thing that i felt like coming into this party was like what's sitting underneath the hood and like where is 
culture, like where are the trends in terms of how people are feeling, like what's the sentiment and, and where are people pushing towards? And th- there's definitely a lot of, there's a lot of fear and uncertainty out there and there isn't very many strong narratives that people are getting behind and, and we've got to remember that we're coming off a pretty polarising era or in the midst of one of the biggest, if not the biggest, I don't know, I wasn't alive for the printing press, but I heard from from record it was pretty wild, um, that we're, yeah, we're in one of the biggest, and this is what AI can exacerbate. So it's like, and we've had COVID in terms of like people have tested new things, thought of new things, no one really knows the right way to do anything. So no. we're in this space, it feels, it feels like, Everyone's watching everyone else and no one's making that big of a bold move. Uh, there would be some, but it's not very public. Um, and it's just, it's a bit, every every step feels risky to a degree. But I think it feels like the bold moves can be made where people do set a course and, and get a bit of um, momentum behind it. And I think it's there's evidence in that with what Sam's doing with, uh, with OpenAI. I think people are really grasping like a, a narrative there and, and seeing a direction where they're wielding in supposed ethics and, and getting government on board, whether it's good or bad, I don't know, um, but just trying to paint the picture. But what I'm trying to say is in terms of backing on to last podcast is I think the, the river, there's been some banks that have been broken. There's been some new new tributaries that are fly, flowing into it and there's a bit of convert, confusion. There's a few whirlies going on. Um and as for that, that's that's the picture that I see anyway. There's definitely opportunity, but there's a lot of unrest underneath it. The distribution's pretty wild with value, which we've been through over. But I don't know how are you how are you seeing it? What's your or overarching read on sort of where people are sitting? Yeah. Um... I mean, I think it's, you know, I've been trying to think about this through, um, I guess, the lens of what happens when money gets expensive. So, you know, starting starting to think about really the last kind of 20, 25 years, I would say that culture has been, you know, really kind of focused on kind of that there's this this sense of that, you know, the future, we're building it, right? And I think now, I think there's a different narrative probably around actually making, um, you know, kind of starting to look at the decisions that we've made and kind of like a, a pause moment. And I think, you know, you saw this when you've kind of, when you look back, you know, that we had this kind of, if you look all the way back really through kind of at least our culture really kind of starting in the, in the 1950s in the post-war period where kind of it was a, you know, a boom and kind of, it was very male orientated. It was kind of, you know, a single breadwinner, and you kind of, you know, you fast forward through the 70s and 80s where they kind of show a huge inflation, but off of really low base, right? So if you think about culture, you were it was still possible to kind of basically pull your head in and get out of the disco and start to kind of actually kind of start to put down roots, et cetera, which people did. And then over that period of time, I think, you know, this is, I'm already interested, you know, what you were talking about with cynicism around these things is that piece by piece, it's almost like the social contract between us and kind of others has been, I think, not chipped away necessarily. I just think it's more that, you know, you didn't have to pay for school. Now you do. Um, You didn't have to kind of carry a hex debt. Now you did. So that like the actual impact of the time that we're actually in is pretty profound on everyone who's basically not a, not a baby boomer. Right. So if you kind of look at, if you're in your sixties and you're either retired out of coming out of COVID or you're kind of, you have retired a little bit ahead of that. 
I mean, you're laughing, right? The 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 more that kind of money costs, chances are you probably own your home, etc. And you're sitting on a massive kind of pile of money that is just, you know, everywhere you look, like every nice restaurant I go to, it's me and a bunch of silver haired people, right? And, um, you know, I'm getting silver hairs myself. But it's like, you, you look around the room, it's not it's not getting younger. And I think that there's a big part of that in culture that is problematic for us all is that I think the bigger cultural narrative is kind of it's we don't really believe that the future is going to be brighter than than kind of that and i think that's that broadly holds true and i think that's that's a real challenge for um kind of modern culture to start to wrap its head around is how do we start to get back to that because i think that is so much of what um drives us forward as as people is kind of going we're building something better we're doing something together etc there's a lot of now pushing through existing cynicism that kind of sits there and i think that's the kind of the culture the culture of today i think feels very fragmented because of that um but then it's kind of you know the big kind of meta messages around covid was interesting because it united everyone at least there was a for most people at least there was a common kind of um thing that we were all together around that, that other things haven't really done so i think that's what I've been trying to think about is kind of like the path that where we've actually ended up, whereas life is more expensive and now money's becoming more expensive and culture, people have less time to kind of support one another as well. So like, I don't know what that means, but it's just, it's, you know, our culture feels very time poor, kind of a little bit resource poor, and you can kind of feel it pulling at the threads a little bit of kind of, you know, what, um what people are prepared to do and not prepared to do. Yeah, there's a lot in that. It's, it's, it's a good read. I think you're in there, but there's, a, there's something that goes along there that I've been thinking about a lot, and that is that people really wanting, like, whether it's an idea or, like, whether they've felt it or not, is, and we've spoken about this, is a sense of community and people willing to pay for it, which is weird, and it sort of says something to our sense of, you know, that we feel like we have to pay for everything with money. I think, yeah, you can pay with it with time and energy um, and different ways. But it's a it's a funny little a funny little counter that's going to that where everyone is really time poor, where everyone is really under the gun, where everyone is like obviously getting pulled left, right, and centre. But we're in a very consumeristic society as well. I hundred agree with you. Like it's such a it's such a good point that you make because it's like technology, I think like people are falling out of love with technology because I think technology was supposed to solve this, right? If you think about every future movie or you know, everything we ever watched is that we were supposed to have more leisure time, et cetera. And it just hasn't it hasn't happened like that. Most people, you know, it's now it's gone from which is not that long ago, like kind of the the sixties really, it was one breadwinner, one person at home kind of looking at the kids. I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just saying that's that's where that actually was. Whereas now, typically, it's mostly dual kind of income families trying to kind of scrap it out to kind of hold it all, hold it all together. And it's, you know, it's, it's, I think it's, you know, and technology was supposed to solve a lot of these things, but yet for so many people, like every time I look at them, they're just, they're trapped by it. And I think that's, you know, that's a big part of, perhaps where we're at at the moment is the is this layering that's kind of actually going on which is that it feels you know like this kind of um interest rate rises and stuff coming back through feels like it's 
almost like one too many problems now for people to actually solve. And that's what I kind of start to look at. And I'm like, are people really engaged with this? Or are they kind of, are they giving up a little bit? Are they just trying to kind of make it through? Like it's, you just, I do wonder, you know, like, I mean, people are probably, I think, you know, happy and getting on with life and stuff, but at a cultural level, I don't, no one I, I talk to could ever tell me to what end are we all working towards, right? That's the, that's the thing, like as a culture anymore, like it doesn't, I don't know. It just doesn't feel as cohesive as perhaps it did in the past. And that's speaking to exactly what you were sort of saying, where we are techno- technologically and where we were speaking with sort of where we are in this era of those truths. And that is that we live in bubbles, like we live in, you know, these these narratives that re- reinforce our bias and we don't have those opportunities to talk with one another or, or check in. But, yeah, where that leaves us with, with money, because money is a weird unifier to a degree, and what it's sort of, what it's revealing, not sort of, what it's revealing is that there are those that have and those that don't, and and it used to have a lot of more in the middle, and then now it's not so much in the middle. So there's a unifying unifying force with that stress that's happening across. But rightfully asked by you is like, are people really acknowledging what that is, or are we too busy to really <laughs> really breathe into that? Like, well, what's 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 the go? Why? And, and and work through that. Whether we have the capacity to do that is is another question. And I think I don't know. There's, there's something in me that says I think we've got a bit to go in this echo chamber before we can come out and have an overarching, you know, unifying narrative. Because yeah, we've got the proliferation of AI that's only really going to exasperate that yep. um, more, sure. more because of the business model that sits underneath that and and our just ferocious appetite for constantly writing about the sky that's going to fall on our head is uh, is, is... <laughs> so true yeah but it feels but... don't you think it feels a little bit different this time because obviously coming out of like covid where things broadly did slow down right so whereas now it's like it's of course it you know people talk about it accelerated trends that were already there when we've spoken about that which is true right in terms of kind of creating a new way to work kind of model um you know kind of existing things that already were there of course it's done that but i think it's the contrast between almost the certainty of those times to kind of what we're now actually working through which is really kind of what was there already right i mean everywhere you look it's that you know, another, you know, whether it's an environmental thing, you know, it's kind of, you know, you can't, you know, you can't kind of really deny that there's climate change. You can't really deny that there's wildfires everywhere. You can't really kind of look away from that. You can't really look away from the fact that kind of, you know, money is getting more expensive because you see it. And you can't really look away from the fact that kind of, you know, we've got a long way to go around quite a few of these areas. And I do like culturally, I think that's, you know, typically where you start to see people, you know, look for something different or look for kind of leaders to step up and kind of tell them what they want to want to hear. But I'm not sure we want to be told anything like that anymore. I'm not sure we kind of as a group of people were really tuning in to, you know, someone who's just going to tell us they're going to make it all better. I think a lot of people are going not sure, you know, we've got to do something different if we're going to make it better. Yeah, Donald Trump begs to differ on that one, but I know what you mean. Uh, he's, yeah. he's, <laughs> but his, but his supporter man. base is the truth, right? His supporter, <laughs> base, is, his supporter base is basically poor old. Yeah, but, it was half, half but it's not. It's actually not when you do the numbers. It's about 20% of the American population, right? The rest 
that's that's why he won't win another election it just doesn't he was he didn't win the first one he was just lucky that the popular vote went the way that it actually did but it's that type of leadership and telling people that Sam all yeah true Sam, yeah. Sam might help yeah yeah all right interesting yeah sorry man i jumped in there and we're we're not in the the cat we're not in the uh shank acres where we we're doing to jump in on you there no 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 it's um i think it's the yeah, the the bigger point though that you're kind of you know you're you're making, I think, is that the the kind of it's the politic of telling people what that you know really kind of telling them culturally that this is stuff that we can go back to some kind of point in time where things were better. I do, I do, and then telling people that um, somehow we can look forward to like it's like Donald Trump versus a Barack Obama, a Barack. Barack Obama is painting a picture of a brighter future and Donald Trump is telling you that he's going to take you back to a more utopian past. I don't think people are buying either of those anymore. And that's the point I'm trying to make about culture. I think we're entering a culture of probably maybe hyper-realism, you know, where people are actually kind of really going, you know, we've got pretty big issues to solve. Right. But I do, it doesn't feel like it's gelled together yet into any type of consensus, right? It's just people just keep getting whacked at the moment. And it's just, how is that going to break? How is that actually going to coalesce? Is it going to coalesce with people, you know, taking it up to rich people? Is it going to coalesce around us doing something to be more community minded around energy and food? How is it going to coalesce? That's what I'm kind of interested in. Yeah. And I think we, we all are, we're all sort of like, sort of watching that but i think there's, there's something to add to that and i don't know if it's for reflexing myself as, as a protection but i think you also can look at the look at the stats and look at what's going on and and really find some positives like and i think if you look look back in history this especially pretty colonial history you can see you can see terrible things happening all the time um I don't know. I'm a big believer on what you focus on is is what comes forward, but that's also a lot of hyperbole in terms of actual reality with the problems that we face. But I feel like we've always faced big problems. We had Mister hitting over the top of a red button that could blow us up. We've had trench warfare that like lost millions and millions and millions and millions of people. Like I've been argued, not uh, not nothing. It was it was big and it was massive and it had implications that we still feel today. Um, but it was a stupid warfare. Like it was ridiculous when you look at it. And then you look at now, there's not much action. There's not much going on. Um, but there is in the background. There's, there's a hell of a lot going on, but there's also a hell of a lot of good things going on. I think it's a, it's a tricky one when you've got a model that works on selling bad news. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's a hard one. My personal interaction with, with people to take it on a personal level, like, I'm seeing people searching and, and defining things themselves, which is a really positive thing. And people like, you know, looking for something fresh on the fringes and, and trying to find new ways of developing a sense of community. Um, some aren't working, some are working. Uh, people having a crack because they're at that loose end. They're like, well, fuck, this is better than what I was doing. And I feel like that's what's quite cool with this mix. If we, if we break it down is that 
we've had these stresses, but then when we had COVID, you can do lots of different things. And then we had mass exposure to the fact that you can do things differently. So there's a real moment in the soup where you can actually put forward an idea that would have seemed quite outrageous before and could have tracked now. So there's, there's, there's moments for the brave right now where you can actually cast, cast the line out and be like, hey, this is x or this it could be and like let's go there and see what it is type of feel um because hey it could be better than what we're facing right now yeah no you're you're spot on and i think that's that's kind of what i'm i'm saying as well is like i'm waiting for that to actually break through into kind of popular culture because everywhere you look that's those are actually the that's the true kind of, I guess, leadership that you're actually starting to see, which is actually people going, okay, hang on. There's actually got to be a better, different way to actually do all of this sort of stuff. And I think that's the culture I hope that kind of actually comes out of, out of these times, which is that it's not just about taking a punt for the sake of being, taking a punt. It's actually about that, you know, the kind of, we actually have to solve some, some bigger problems and do them in slightly different ways. And some of it, of course, is already happening, right? You know, like energy is changing, right? The actual energy mix of our world is changing faster than people recognize, but also so is our climate. So it's kind of, but in, in between those two things, I think there's people who are going, okay, how do we make things more adaptive? How do we actually kind of accept the the place that we're in, not think that, you know, we can go back to the way things were. They're actually going, it's brave to actually look at things the way that they are and actually try to make a difference. And that is what I hope starts to break through at a meta at a meta level. Right, on that note, I think we've got to leave it there. That's uh, that's a beautiful place to leave it. And it's a strong one. And I think it's it's true. And it takes everyone to understand that on their own level, what that is. And that's that's a powerful place to be. For it's sure. uh I, I Real, real amazing things that, that can happen. So, but uh, yeah, with understanding that it's pretty hard truths. So. <laughs> yeah. All right, Pat. Well, thanks for the chat. Um, enjoy the rest of the time down in Gippy, and um, we'll uh, we'll chat again next week. Sounds good, Joey. Enjoy, enjoy the peninsula. We'll do. Thank you for listening to BAU Business as Unusual. Subscribe and learn more at baupod.co. That's baupod.co.